Hello, and welcome back to Miss D's Lunacy. Today, I have a very, very special guest, a Swedish guest. And I can't wait to introduce you to him. The hallmarks of Scandinavian design continue to influence interior design trends. Their passion for clean, elegant lines, use of natural materials and airy, light-filled spaces is evident in the designs and decor of our next guest. He's been featured in over 20 magazines, numerous newspaper articles, and a TV show with Martha Stewart. He is passionate for originality. Please welcome one of America's leading interior designers, Swedish-born Lars Bolander. Hello, Lars. Well, thank you, Miss D. And welcome to the thank show. You. This is such a treat for my listeners to hear of your amazing life and passion and design and concepts. I think you're wonderful. Well, thank you. And <clears throat> I love to talk about it. And I'm very excited to be here with you. Well, it's wonderful. Thank you yeah. so much. So for my notes that we've had, you were in, you went to the school of Stockholm, right? In yes. Sto Stockholm yes. with this very famous designer. What was his name? Carl, Carl Malmsten. Malmsten. But that was slightly after the School of Art. Yes. Uh, because he has his own school, art school for ceramics, painting, drawing, woodworks, gardening, etc. So I did the woodwork course. Amazing. Now, of course, it's and I painted and, uh, you know, drafting and you go out like your father, who was an architect yes. and was passionate about painting. A frustrated architect. Well, you're not one for sure, but there's no, no I'm not. No, no. Well, and how many years did you do that? Well, I was in school for about three, four years. I mean, the art school, that is. Yes. And <clears throat> then I did my military service in Sweden. Yeah. And then immediately afterwards, I went to Karl Malmsted, to his school on an island. Wonderful. In the southern part of Sweden. Where actually, I now have a house, which I look over when I do the dishes in the kitchen. Ah. I look over the school oh, and the so ceramic funny. studio. Oh, that's so funny. It is. And you go there often? Now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go there, I mean, of course, every summer. But we've also spent Christmas and New Year there as well. It's chilly, no? Cold, of course. It, well, it can be. Uh, when we were there, it was terrific. It was so cold. And it snowed so much that we couldn't open the front door one morning. <laughs> but it was great. Well, great. Well, stay home. I mean, considering that, you know, where Absolutely. we Absolutely, as long we as you have eating. Exactly. <laughs> and food. So <laughs> then you came to New York, right? And then London somehow. Yes, I emigrated to America uh, just after the Karl Mumsen School. And as, as I mentioned to you before, that I didn't actually know that I emigrated because you had to do that at the time, which was early 1960s. And then after about half a year, as you were treated as an immigrant, I was drafted. Aye, aye, aye. And, 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 which was a pretty ghastly experience because I had to go from Washington, D.C. with the bus um, to Baltimore. Exactly, because there I just pretend I didn't speak a word of English. Well, that was a good thing. But I did understand what they told me then. <laughs> well, if you do receive a letter saying that you have to report to a base 
And if you leave the country, you can Ever. never come back to you this country again. Yeah. So anyway, so I left. I chickened out. But I did have a reason because it was the height of Vietnam. So they took anybody who is over 20 or 22 to draft them into the center Germany. Or, and then that's it. So I decided to leave and I went back to Stockholm and I worked there for a while. And, and then because at the time there wasn't really very much of interior decorating in Sweden. There were a few but people. But Gustavian had started the trend of this beautiful Yeah, story. but it hadn't really started then. I see. It came later on. But what I was more interested, because I read a lot of English magazines and looked at them, and they're much more interesting than what we had there. So I decided to leave and go to London, which I did. I took my Vespa and off I went. Oh, my goodness. And uh, then I was in London, and I went, around to there's a, something called the design center in the Haymarket by Piccadilly Circus and I made a list of all the interior designers in London that made sort of some sense to me and then I wrote them letters which unfortunately long, no one does today no, explaining exactly anything everything about myself then it took quite a while and then one day I got two Uh, messages and one was from Sir Hugh Casson who is the head of London School of Art wow. and he had a very big office and he did uh, he does a lot of important things in England that day or oh, that afternoon brother after Sir Hugh Casson I went to an interview with Mrs. Gabby Schreiber and she had her studio just off the King's Road which of course is very exciting at that time and it was just when life started exactly to be very really hip, hip in london yeah and it was a very attractive office and it was opened just a few years before by prince philip and um, the projects that they had were very interesting too because they were part, she was part of the team who was appointed for the qnod line the new qe2 And we did some of the suites and part of a restaurant, etc. And then there was a main uh, theater, cinema theater in London. And also that she had, she did flight interiors, especially for the BOAC, where she also designed the first plastic cups and saucers for airlines. And it was called at, this, at the time, it was called BOAC, which is yeah. now BA. But that's unbelievable. What, what, and how, the cups and the saucer were plastic. Plastic, yes. Uh, which, you know, I still have photographs of them. How divine. And, uh, and anyway, so it was very attractive. And I decided immediately, I mean, this is where I want to work. And I was there for about three, four years. And then for some reason, which I can't really remember, I went back to Stockholm for a bit. And then back again. And... Uh, to London, and um, that's actually when I met Gunter Sachs. Yes, but there were some very famous designers at the time that had just started to emerge. David Hicks? Yes, but they, jo- were, they were part of the team for the QNOT line. Ah. It was David Hicks, John Bunnenberg, yeah. and the, we were, there were six altogether, six Amazing. main decorators from the UK. 
me. What what a coup! So, I was. It was it was really interesting. What a coup! And Bravo. she was great fun, Gabby. Wonderful. She had a great sense of humor. She lived and she had a wonderful apartment in Eaton Square. She never arrived before lunch. <laughs> and <laughs> no, yeah, but we always work late with her, and, and it was a fun. great atmosphere. Well, I did a wonderful interview with uh, John Randall, and King's Road was it. I oh, mean, yeah. the Beatles and running around up and down and the road. It was quite the avant garde. Many Saturday. skirts and dancing, and yeah. di I mean, a disco. Every Saturday. It was from about amazing. midday yes. to around five, six o'clock. You were on the King's Road. Amazing. It was just never the failed. place to be. Definitely. All right. So, so you luckily met a wonderful friend because you designed for friends. Yes. And uh, so that was Gunter Sachs. And he had just bought a house in um, Old Church Street. Oh, I in, love that. In London. And a great house. And so I met him and he gave me strict instructions what he likes <laughs> and what he didn't like. It was not quite my style then, but I was so fascinated by him yeah. as a human being and as a personality. Extremely, extremely I, yeah. I did whatever he said, I did it. <laughs> didn't argue, didn't argue. No, I never argued. You never argue with him anyway. And, and, and as you know, he was the head of the Dracula Club in St. Moritz, and the <laughs> colors are silver, black, and red. Aha. And those were the colors mainly in that house. Apart from the studio on the top floor, which is huge, white, that was all white. Amazing. But he, you did eight, seven or eight houses of it. Yes. Then I continued. And then, then I was part of the Gestad. I was there for a few months every Good winter. Lord. And in Saint-Tropez in the summer. And then... There was a house in, in Palm Springs in California. And then it was in September. They all went to Vermont oh. to check out the colors, you know, of the trees, <laughs> etc. And then one day they had lunch somewhere <laughs> and he left the restaurant. And then he turned around and there was a real estate company. And he <laughs> saw a sign for a house that was red <laughs> and it was called a Midsummer Night's Dream. And oh. he walked in and he bought it. I had no idea where it was exactly, but he saw the picture of it and he gave it to his wife, who, of course, is Swedish, Mia Yasser. Oh, so then goodness. I started to work on that house. And that was actually all Gustavian because I came across somebody in Boston who imported Danish furniture and fixed them up and painted them. And he, he was absolutely terrific. I love that style. It's very yeah, soothing. It's very. Yeah, it is. And that, of course, later on, when I opened my shop in East Hampton, I started, on. Yeah, I started importing Gustavian furniture. So I was really the first one in America to do it. I, well, you were the first and, in America and, to do a whole lot of things. <laughs> but in big scale, and, and it was terrific. It was great fun yeah. because people really appreciated the design and the coloring and it, it because it works with everything you can have it with old furniture with english furniture with modern furniture you can mix it in anywhere and so he did um, paris yeah then he went to paris oh yes i lived in paris for, for <laughs> right. a year or two because he bought an apartment there oh my god so, what a great client <laughs> i know <It> was, 
Yeah, it was fun, but I mean, you know, I was part of the family and the kids, and then we were skiing together, and, and, and yeah, I was with them all the time. And I think that's what's so wonderful and, about you, that your friends adored you, and that they kept yep. hiring you to sort of do all sorts of things. I mean, uh, he had a house in Munich, Hamburg, yes. Deauville. Deauville, yes. London, uh, Lausanne. Yeah. And I then mean, that I must have to... kept you very busy. And I decided to, when I was in Gestalt, I decided to learn French properly. So I went to a school, a school in Lausanne, and I lived in his house. Uh, but then I had a little skiing accident, so I broke oops. my arm. And, and oops. That, yeah, oops is right. <laughs> and and uh, so I left. I don't know. I should never have done that, but I was chickened out. It's all and right. I, I went back to London. Well, you know why? Because you met your wonderful wife. Yes. A bit, a bit, a year or two later, I met Nadine in Gestadt. Actually, we met once before in London uh, because I knew her younger sister. But then we met in Gestadt, and that was it. Then I moved to Washington D.C., where she had a pa- where she made pasta. Yeah, it was called more than that. I yeah, mean, pasta Inc. I know, but her interviews with doing all the the, the, the catering. Yeah, the catering came. Diana. Yeah, yeah. She went to Italy. She bought the machine. Yes. And she was the first one to make fresh pasta. And she put the machines in the window in the shop on M Street in Washington. And it became a sensation. And unfortunately, I mean, she made a lot of money. She was written up in, in the Time magazine for making a fortune on fresh pasta. Um, which, in fact, unfortunately didn't. But, I mean, she no. was prolific. I mean, yeah. even uh, when we get to talk about the Martha Stewart show, even Martha admits that she stole some of her ideas. Yeah. Because after that, we, we got rid of that shop and of moved to, to New York and started with the catering. And I, as I couldn't work as a designer because I didn't have my green card, which I did have, but I never realized I had it from the very <laughs> first time I went to America. So... <laughs> Um, well, so young took, and naive, what can I tell you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Live and learn, right? And it took you years, you said, it, to it get your green It took several card. years for me to get that back. Very unusual. And since you, but how, come, how would you have known? It's not yeah, possible. Yeah, I never thought about it until an immigration woman told me that you already have one. What do you mean? I said, I have no idea that I have one. <laughs> I've never seen it. It's a wonderful anyway, story. So um, we did catering, big, big stuff in, in, in New York. Yes, and she was on my show, of course, Nadine Kalashnikov, and they yeah. were a tour de force, I have to say, between Lars's divine splendor taste and his prolific designs and having lots of shops, and then Nadine with her own catering and her own designs of her own. They were a pair to not be outdone, and they were the first to do so many things. And I find it extraordinary that Martha actually admits that she sort of copied some of <laughs> Nadine's things. So yeah, if you're she, interested in this show, you've got to listen to Nadine because this is a pair. Yeah, she actually admitted that on the show that I did with Martha, where I showed all these Gustavian furniture, and she, we talked about them, where they came from, etc., and why they were all white and why... It was done like that, and even though uh, Gustav III, he went to France. That's where he was inspired by this, but he sort of made it, simplified it. He didn't use that much gold like they did Which I prefer, actually. I mean, it was a lot, you know. With Marie Antoinette, everything you take, gold, gold. Yeah, yeah, it was gold. Well, Donald Trump is putting it back in in, in style. I have have noticed that. I just hope it doesn't come 
quite as much to the White House. Okay, I hope so. So here we are back in New York, and you're getting your green card, and you're in Mar- Now you've got now. now oh wait, meatpacking. Oh my God. Yes, yes. The first shop in New York was in the meatpacking district, and that was before it became popular. Amazing. I mean, so you know, we had all these sort of rather strange people lurking around, and there was no. There was a wonderful French bistro right across the street. Uh, which I can't remember what it was called. Absolutely wonderful, great food, open 24 hours. Wow. And so we had the, the shop, which was actually two old meatpacking places that we joined into one. And then we had a little apartment upstairs overlooking the shop. It was a sort of gallery. Uh, and so we had a kitchen, a bedroom, a living room up there. It was just terrific. So you were the yeah. first again to start something that nobody had done. Yeah, and then it started, of course, with all the fashion. and That's right. Yeah. And then one day the rent went so high up that we decided <laughs> to leave. And we went to 59th Street. Wonderful. And, and we were there for about four or five years, too. And when did East Hampton start? Uh, that was the very first one. So that's about... We talk Wonderful. About eight, but I mean, and everybody ago. in East Hampton was sort of knocking on your door. Yes. Oh, I love and, it. Because it was a great shop. And it was an old um, uh, fire engines used to be there. Oh, so um, spacious. Very spacious. And it was terrific. Somebody could have been doing some pole dancing in there as well. They, they could have. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Oh, I love it. And it's so beautiful because there's not one person I don't know that doesn't have one of your pieces. Yeah, they work they, so well together. Yes, they do. They do work very well together with every, like I mentioned before, with everything. It's easy, easy to do, easy to place. So you had really and, fun with with Martha Stewart. Now yeah, tell us about that. It was that. great fun because, as I said, it was first the furniture, then there is a commercial break. Yeah, and it's a live show. Yeah, of course. With lots of lights that I wasn't really used to, so you get a little bit timid with this. But anyway. Uh, afterwards, we started to cook. I made Swedish meatballs, <laughs> telling the public exactly how you make them, and with mashed potatoes and parsnips and, and all sorts of things. Oh, and that's really? when Martha said, it's actually thanks to Nadine, who was in the audience, and my sons that were, were there too, of course, making faces to me. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to intimidate you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and she said that they was, you know, she actually copied Nadine from her baskets. And instead of using metal uh, platters for d'oeuvres for when you have a cocktail party, she started using baskets That's... and decorate them with flowers or leaves. Or yeah. she had a bird nest where she put these what are these quail eggs now, and then wh- wh- one pasta and then you know. All sorts of things. But anyway. So what was the lover of Marie Antoinette? Ah, yeah, yeah, yes, that, that I found his bust in Paris. His name, Axel von Va- Fersen. Uh, yes. And he was the lover of Marie Antoinette. And he was the one who took her out from the Bastille. And he took her in a carriage together with her maid. And they changed clothing. But what she did forget was to take off her ring. So when they were caught in the Bois de Boulogne, they saw the ring on her finger. She went back to the Bastille, and uh, we know what happened after that. 
but he was a Swedish nobleman. Uh, his family house is outside Stockholm. Beautiful house, beautiful location. And it's now, I believe, a museum. But he was later on, he was stoned to death oh, in no. the old town of, of Stockholm. So what, what, why? Because he had betrayed the Swedish people oh, yeah, yeah. for some reason. Well, that's terrible. Do that. I hope they don't do that today. No, I, I'm not worried of going there, but uh, uh, oh, I don't think they do it awful. today. Awful. No. But you found his bust at the Marché des Puces. Marché des Puces, yes. In Paris. Paris. Paris, yes. And I now have it in Sweden in the house. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, what a horrible thing for that poor man to go like that. I know. And he was very good looking, too. Uh, well, I think she had many lovers, Marie Antoinette. Yeah, but this was the important one. Yeah, well, great gossip. Huh? My goodness, I didn't know that. And then, mm. so you were in East Hampton, in New York. Yep. On newspapers, in 20 different magazines, doing houses upon houses upon houses. And by chance, you were invited to Palm Beach. Yeah, to a big uh, party in Palm Beach. And we came here, and then it was a great evening. And then somebody told us that it rained for 10 days in Palm Beach, <laughs> and Cartier ran out of diamonds. So we said, oh, my God, we've got to move here. Uh, <laughs> I've never <laughs> And have a shop here. So we did. We found a spot. One. And and then after about four or five months, we found this wonderful place uh, on Worth Avenue, which oh, became a, oh, it was terrific. There were three apartments all together and terraces. No, it was great. Uh, not so great with the parking situation in the high season, but it was fabulous up there. It was like a jungle. It was. And then we was had beautiful. A, uh, I, oh my goodness, it was absolutely beautiful. But now you're mm -hmm. sort of a globe trotter. So I want to hear about the globe trotting between the okay. designs and the shops and the you well, are, I mean, because you went to Tahiti. I, yeah, I I did a lot of work in in Venezuela, wow. in Dominican Republic. Yeah, and then Spain, in Switzerland, and in in Greece, it was almost like a little village of seven eight houses, a taverna, yeah. a little church, and then I got involved in the garden and. So that took quite a few years, but very interesting. Okay, now something very special. You went to a private party, the never before done at Versailles. Yes, the year 2000. Unbelievable. Dino uh, Goulandres, yes, yes, the Greek. Uh, the, he's a Greek um, shipowner, and uh, he had this for his friends. He took it for his Wait friends. Wait a second. How did he get to do this? Well, I think he must have had certain connections. Well, I should hope so. But yes, it was really never right. done before. Never done before. And it, all the waiters were dressed up for the, at the time yeah. in the costumes. Oh. The food was sensational. The fireworks afterwards were extraordinary. And of course, I, th I don't know. We, I think we left at about three, four in the morning. <laughs> well, it certainly was a night to remember since they've never done it. And then you went somewhere else in Beijing, which was very unusual as well. Yes. That was an opera in the Forbidden City, which also had never happened. Oh. The, yeah, that was in another extraordinary And the opera experience. was called Torondo. Torondo, yeah. And it had never been done before. Never, never, never there. Never there in the Forbidden City. Never. 
Uh, so, so yeah, that was a, so a great experience. You have started things that had never been before, been to things that had never done before. This is unbelievable. No. Unbelievable. And, and, so yeah. what, it almost got canceled. Yes, the same day. Oh, dear. Chinese authorities said that nobody, I don't, we can't allow it to happen, even though they built all the, you know, the stages, etc. But then um, Meta was the conductor. I can't remember his first name. Unbelievable. Uh, Wasn't there a book done in Chinese or something? That no. You, in, a, in a magazine, there was a wonderful television lady that you had told me about. There was a book. No. Uh, well, well, there were so many books written about you. But yes, but well, <laughs> she, no, but this was yes, amazing. Yes, it's a Chinese book. Yes. yes, a Chinese book. I can't remember her name, but and it's she was a very, very famous. Yes. yes, and that's how you she got did, there. She did a lot of books, and yes. then she contacted me, so I was part of the book. Fantastic, with, and it, uh, of course, none of us can read it. It's really no, cool. No, exactly. Um, and, and anyway, and then we sort of with Nadine's younger sister, we traveled a lot. Yes, and you did something we amazing through the to Tahiti several times. Yes, and that's actually where I took my uh, deep sea, uh, whatever deep sea license, deep sea diving. Yeah. Like you needed to do that. Yeah, <laughs> just to the, I, yeah, but it, it was fabulous. I loved it. it yes, and then you went to Fiji, Bali. Fiji, yeah. Bali, we rented a house there for about a month oh, and bought a lot of stuff for the shops. That's right. So now you're starting to expand. And uh, yes, we did. And because they really do have beautiful things there. They really do. They really and, do. And now we are back to uh, a much smaller space here in in, in Yeah, Palm but Beach. I mean, still, wait a second. You also you forgot about your trip from Athens through the Panama. Oh, yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> Athens to Panama, through the Panama Canal. Yes. And then to Alexandria. Yes. And we went up to Mount Sinai. Yes. And that to the was, monastery. Yes. Which had never been, where, nobody had been there before either. I'd never been there. I mean, people, of course, have been there before, but that's where the um, burning bush is there. You remember from the Bible? The Bible, yes. yes. And where they and when we got there, they was just finished off the showroom with the most important uh, icons in the world that belongs to them. And it was the Metropolitan Museum yeah. would organize this and built it and designed it, etc. Extremely well done, and it, it was a, just a very very interesting trip. But you told me about the the largest library, the world's oldest yeah, the library. The oldest library is in that monastery, and then after that we went to Alexandria. But, maybe it was before. I can't remember. But you to, said you looked at these things with. Yes, that was in Alexandria. Wow! And as it was before, we got uh, mobile phones and uh, internet. Too technical. The new library in Alexandria, which is designed by a Norwegian architect, which is very, very interesting because when you go to the top of the, or the, yes, at the top of the library and you look down, the building goes into the water. That's really freaky. That's really and freaky. That's where they had, they show you exactly how you that they is make just a book. Unbelievable. And, that to and, me just. Yeah. And, it, it, how do they it's, keep all these things from, from falling a bit? No, well, it's designed by a Norwegian. 
and they knew uh-huh. how to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, you've been in all these magazines. I mean, Vogue, El Decor. I mean, it's it's a stunning the amount of. I mean, to over twenty magazines, correct? Uh, yeah, that's probably right. Oh my goodness. So then you auctioned, then you came back from all these amazing trips, and you, just recently, you auctioned off 460 pieces of yes, your collection. Yes, from, from our house. Uh, because as the boys don't want to uh, inherit anything, uh, Christopher wants a tiny little painting, and Howard wants uh, the fig tree, the metal fig tree. Um, and so we decided, why keep it? And soon we have, we're going to sell the house anyway. And then where do we put it? Because it was quite a lot. You sold everything. We sold everything, yeah. Oh, no, not everything, but every, you know, we've I mean, got 20, was... 25 pieces left. But So you were really it... remarked by the Alexandria yes. Library. Library and the Monastery Library. But the whole... how did they have everything sort of oh, on they... a screen? I, did, I didn't understand that. No, no, it's, it's if you have a big book and they put it behind the glass and there oh, was I the first see. time or inside the box where you go with your finger I see. and you could turn the, page. turn the pages without with touching your, it. Without touching it. Because it was so ancient that it would have fallen apart at people. Yeah, and then, you know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, um, that is yeah, that was impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. And do they still have this? I'm sure they do. I mean, now, of course, if you blow on it, they probably change the page <laughs> because you don't the technology to... has gone so much further. I just think it's fascinating. I never heard of the monks having the, uh, the uh, No, oldest. but that's not the monks. That was a big library in Alexandria. Yeah, but I'm talking, that. yeah, and the, but the thing in, in where it went in, down into the ground. And, yes. No, it's, it's the, a very interesting design. And they became very um, well known, this Norwegian architect. Good for, for him. Uh, after this design. My cousin is Norwegian, and his father was a famous architect in Norway. He, oh, really? Yeah, he was very, very interesting. Oh. I love the Norwegian accent. Oh, yes, so do I. It's so funny. I can do it. I can't do it very well. well should I tell you a little story? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's about. Two Swedes and two Norwegians and two Finns. Oh my goodness! And 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 two Danes. And none of these guys have ever met before. So the two Danes, <laughs> they start talking about agriculture, and the two Norwegians start telling joke. The two Finns they start to fight, <laughs> and the two Swedes they don't speak at all until they've been introduced to each other. Uh, and and this is very true for each country. Interesting. So um, sometimes it, some are more formal than others. Definitely. I mean, the streets are very formal. But you've traveled around the world. Which is your favorite place? Oh, I love Bali. I was going to say, I yeah. think it's Bali because yeah. it's so special. It is. Yeah, I think it's Bali, actually. I cannot believe the amount of traveling that you all did back in the day. It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. You never stop. You just never stop. Okay, so what was your... Um, okay, first of all, you did all these stories in Southern Accents, The Rob Report, American House and Gardens, English House and Gardens, Chinese Residents, The Wall Street Journal. I mean, it, it's amazing how you were so prolific. I mean, you were constantly moving, busy. Did you have any assistance to help you with all this? Oh, yes. 
I mean, I between all the stores and all the traveling. Oh, yeah. Um, the boys, they ran the, the uh, meatpacking meat shop <laughs> and Christopher took over and then Howard became a chef. Oh, my God. He's a chef now at the Gramercy Tavern in New York. Wonderful. Wonderful. And Christopher continues. I think it's wonderful. Furniture. So you bought land in Greece, right? Yes. Oh, but no, you're not going to keep it. No. Oh, no, 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 no. And you keep buying things when you look at it. What was this wonderful story about you were going to well, buy, uh, you were looking for a house? Yeah, I, I, want, I had this story. idea that I want to move to Dordogne in France. Yes. Because it is so beautiful and the food is fantastic. And I'm very, I'm a food freak. So we went there one summer and drove around looking at houses. Yeah. Very, very interesting and great fun. And then we went back uh, and, and went to Switzerland for Christmas. And one of the real estate agents called us up and said, you, you must come down because we have the house <laughs> for you. So we went down just after New Year. And it was so foggy you, could, foggy you couldn't see your hand in front of you. Well, I did see the house, which I hated. I thought it was the <laughs> ugliest thing I've ever seen. Red brick, and that's not me. <laughs> and so we stayed on for a little bit. And uh, then the last day, they said, oh, you've got to come and see this house. It's, it's always the last. Yeah, yeah always, always last. Always last. So off we go in the car with them. And as we turn around the corner and see the house, the sky opens up. Oh, and the sun goes straight on to this house. And it was Fantastic. called Chateau Pondelier. Beautiful. And so we go in, and then it's great, and of course needed a lot of work. <laughs> so I said, well, I need to see an architect. And this house is just outside Albi, which is north of Toulouse. And so an architect from Albi came along the following day, and he was from Turkey. And then I realized he spoke absolutely fluent Swedish. He'd worked wow. for an architect in Stockholm. And so we thought, well, this is... They're meant Perfect. To be. It's this meant is... to be. So we decided, okay, let's buy it. And of course, we never moved because when we saw the price of, of our estimates of cost of, of what it was going to cost or what I wanted to do, there was no way we could do it. But so we had just the, the story in itself yeah. was so fascinating because it'd been and, gray and all of a sudden this sort yeah. of unbelievable, unbelievable. I just, I um, can't see straight. It's no. the stories. I mean, it's amazing that you never had an accident. I mean, aside from breaking, breaking your arm, you've never really been hurt by Oh, anything? no, no. I, I broke my foot. I, oh, dear. I, I slept on a sausage. Oh, dear. <laughs> in southern England, in Kent. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, but your adventures, what was your favorite, favorite adventure? I mean, I know that you love, you've done so many houses. But what was your favorite adventure? Um... I think well, it's your own. <laughs> yes. Your favorite. I mean, I love work. And I find it very exciting to yeah. create things. Yeah. And uh, even sometimes it was difficult because it was in different countries and you have to have a representative exactly. in the country. But it's still very difficult because you don't have, you know, you have to go there, let's say, every yeah. two weeks. So you were constantly on a plane. But as I said, very, very interesting. I loved it. And I loved the people I worked with. My clients have, I've been very lucky because my clients have always been great people. And great friends. And great friends. 
I did in Aspen for the same people I worked for in the Dominican Republic and then in Caracas. They also have a house up on a mountain in Aspen. And we built it. And it's a Swedish house. They wanted everything to be Swedish. Oh, it's adorable. I think it's painted red, yes? Yes, it's painted red. And every single thing in that house, including the toothpaste at the time, was Swedish. Oh, that's fantastic. Everything. I got. I went to Stockholm. I shipped everything over. I Napkins, the whole lot. Oh, what fun. And he built it. And it, it sits by itself on the top of a mountain. And Ooh, it's that's... painted red. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh. I love that story. Now, of course, you've been in many, many magazines and many books in reference. For instance, there was a book about window treatments and you were in. Oh, yeah. Yes. You were in there and there were books written everywhere in magazines. And of course, uh, you're always mentioned in something. I didn't know that you make. Also, you also make custom furniture, which I think is I didn't know about. Uh, yes. But and, now I'm becoming more serious about that. Yes, because people can actually get your furniture and you could you do well, drapery more, work, you do... Well, now I'm starting, I'm doing a whole collection of furniture. That's in fantastic. A, in a factory in, in the Philippines. Wow. And it's a Swedish company. You have a, stories about the bedrooms, about the, the... I mean, it's fantastic, the books that you do. And you now, it's on your website, correct? You're shopping information. You can do pro- reproduction pieces, Swedish fabrics, I mean, antiques, it's amazing. And all this is on your website. Is that correct? Uh, Yes, most of it is. Uh, Your website? My website, which is... Lars Bolander. LarsBolander.com. Now your gallery is at 6405 Georgia Avenue in West Palm. In West Palm Beach. In West Palm Beach. And we decided not to have like a normal shop. This is more like a warehouse. Well, it's a showroom. It's a showroom, yes. It's beautiful. And we're together with... Mushrooms and you have these wonderful lamps that look like these Indian uh, parasols. (laughs) They're wonderful. It's just amazing. I mean, you just don't stop. So now you have a book, which I think is among so many... Well, the, the, the first real Scandinavian book, or Scandinavian design, yes. which is more about the four different countries. Yes. And more history of, of architectural which history. Which I love. Because it shows and explains a little bit the difference yeah. between the four countries. How because they are very different. And, and we can, for example, we can notice in the southern part of Sweden that it's very Danish because Denmark That's owned... Yeah. Uh, Half, not half, but the lower part of Sweden was part of Denmark at the time. And therefore, the architecture is very Danish, as you can tell it right away. And then? Um, and then, the of course, country. a few wars, and then we got it back again. No, I know, but what about the other countries? The other countries, but Norway has more, you know, there's very much the mountain yes. type. Fjords. Lo- the fjords are beautiful, yes. Yeah. And then... Well, one has to see it in pictures, and then it explains very much in the book. That's the book called The Scandinavian Design. Yes. Which I love. And then there's another one, The Curtains, The Southern the southern Accents on Color. Yes. Then you have the book, The Curtain Book again, and you have a, uh, something about Palm Beach Entertaining. Uh, yes. Which is amazing. Uh, All about food again. You know, uh, uh, well, between your wife being a sh- practically a chef and you yes. with your designs, I mean, the two of you, it's incredible. And all these can be purchased on Amazon. Yes. So Palm Beach Entertaining, 
Southern accent, sun color really should have all this, people. I mean, he's. I mean, all you have to do is if you have an old piece of furniture, just go to Lars Bolander, give him measurements, and he'll fix you right up. <laughs> I mean, really, Scandinavian designs, which I find fascinating because I do like yeah. to compare different countries, yes. and different tastes. I think it's great, and it also explains a little bit about the Gustavian, the style of Gustavian, and who was also and why it happened. It, it's it's a very interesting book. Well, I, so now let's talk about your new book, which I think is my, to die for. Yeah, my new book, which is my own interior design and inspiration, it's called. Lars Boland, Interior Design and Inspiration. And what I've done here is that I've mixed up, apart from all the different interiors, yeah. that I also have personal photographs in there of my family, of things where we've been and... Uh, happenings because there are so many decorating books out true and i thought it would be a little bit more interesting to make it a little bit more personal well i love the way you have eclectic you know you have furniture from bali and from different places this wonderful bamboo and then you've got mm. your different linens and your wonderful scarves and glasses. I mean, this is what I think is so special about your style. It constantly evolves and constantly changes, which is so special. Some decorators yeah. stick to, you know, beige and white, beige and white. Oh, and, sure. and I mean, and you just have this, all these places that you travel, that you buy these wonderful treasures and bring them back for all of us to enjoy. And some yeah. of them very much so are in your book. A friend of yeah. mine published your book, Henrik oh, Tenoyes. Yes. Tenoyes, yes. He's a great man. I've known and him And they did years. a very, very good job on this. It's beautiful. Uh, Lars Bolander, interior the, design. And inspiration. Yes, because all of this came out of your beautiful little head. My, <laughs> yes. Or big head. <laughs> My big but, head. but look at this library. And look um, at this, oh. Yeah, it does. There's a different interiors from different places. Let me have a... Look, yeah. see, I think it's fantastic. Do you do and things? You've been, of course, to India, of course. Oh yes. But I mean, look at the different palettes. Now, your wife is also doing these beautiful butterflies. Yes. So she's working. Well, well, uh, she does the paintings. You know, you know, she does paint the canvases. Yes. Uh, in various shapes, and then she imports butterflies from China and paints them and then stick them on various ways onto the canvas. It's beautiful. Some of them are 10 feet long. I yeah. actually have a little one. Now, one of your introductions in here is in Chinese. Uh, that's right. It's all in, I think the book is in four languages. Oh my goodness gracious, this is wonderful. And, the, and the, the front word was done by David Lindley. Who we adore. Uh, Princess Margaret's son. Yes. And then you have it in Swedish, you have it in French, French and, and German, and German, and Chi my goodness, Chinese. This is wonderful. And what is Bamboo Hill? The name of your that, that, yeah, that's the name of my house here in Palm Beach. Oh, I love it. Actually, West Palm Beach. Well, it doesn't matter. And look at this. You've got all sorts of French designs. And again, what? we can buy this on Amazon. Um, the book, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's spectacular. What a gift. And you see these this beautiful furniture with beautiful designs of bamboo and busts from Bali and India and France and beautiful furniture. 
I mean, everybody in Palm Beach loved this one, yeah, the Markus Heinsdorf. Yes, that's a German architect who does all his architecture, which is mainly when you have large fairs, and oh. he makes all the huge stands in bamboo. It's built I see. bamboo. Are they portable, or do they have to just build them from the scratch? Well, some of it is portable, but it's... Uh, and most of them just stay there because it's too much to take down. I mean, the, uh, Look at the elephants uh, holding the umbrellas. I mean, it is just amazing. So you have so many different designers here. Uh, Tell me about the Palm Beach Via Vodka. <laughs> Via Vodka. <laughs> That's the apartment. That's the apartment on Worth Avenue. Oh, my goodness. And it was David Lindley who na main, named it. Why? Via Vodka. Yeah, but I think maybe we drank vodka there. I think that's so funny. You had a Balinese garden and the South African type hut with thatched roof, palm trees. Yes, it did quite look like a forest yeah. in there. Yeah. I just can't believe all the four words are all in four languages. This is a beautiful book, Laura. I'm so impressed. Oh, thank you. It is such incredible. So this all can be found yeah. on Lars Bolander. And you can also uh, design anything you that people want on Lars Bolander. And I think we're trying to calm him down from traveling around the globe because all of you have just been so helpful and such a tour de force, as I said earlier, for all your friends and clients and people around the world. And I think it's amazing how many people you've touched, Lars. It's not quite often people remember designers and, and quite as fondly as you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Misty. Well, you're quite welcome, darling. And I want everybody to start looking up Lars Bolander. It's spelled L-A-R-S, Bolander, B-O-L-A-N-D-E-R. And I wish I could talk to him for hours, but unfortunately our time is up. And I want to thank him so much for sharing all of his adventures, his treasures with us, and his West Palm uh, store right now. He's always can be found uh, through uh, LarsBolander.com. He has uh, articles, newspapers, TV shows, interviews, and um, you can find any medium to find him. And I, you'll be amazed at what an ac absolutely special person he really is. So thank you, Lars, for being on the show. And thank you, my audience, for listening to this very special person. And don't ever forget, lead us not into temptation. We can find it ourselves. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Thank you, Miss Dean.